This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We've had a kind of exciting week. We have. We've been getting reviews in for our brand new book, No Longer Little, all about parenting tweens or preteens or whatever you want to call that in-between age when they're not little elementary school kids, they're not grown-up tweens, they're They're, they're, teens, they're in-between. Yeah, they are are a transitional state and they are very confusing and they they confused us they surprised us and nobody uh, warned us about it no you know you you have all the things about parenting young kids and then there's lots of stuff about parenting tw- teens but right i thought the tweens were way harder than the teens so we have a new book and uh, it's called no longer little parenting tweens with grace and hope and we just recently got a burst of reviews um and i'll tell you what dozens they, of them they are they are all positive. It's just incredible. Very encouraging. I, I, I think my favorite one, somebody said, this book literally saved my sanity this past month. <laughs> I think my favorite was where the woman said that she was reading one chapter and she looked up and her kids were doing exactly what we were talking about. And she said, I hugged the book to my chest, got a bite of dark, dark chocolate and went and dealt with it. <laughs> Well, yeah, we have more than one that said, you know, you you were talking about things that I am seeing in my house right now, and and so it's it's very appropriate if you've got uh, if you've got a child in this age in this time frame, um, you know, we're what we're hearing from the reviewers is they're finding it very helpful, and so we want to encourage you to check it out. But part of this uh, part of what's going on this week was we had our official release. It's out on Amazon now. Uh, it's officially out and in the wild, and um, we had a celebration this past week. We had a Facebook Live party um, last Tuesday, and we finished up with an extended session of live question and answer, and thought we wanted to share some of that with you because there are a lot of people saying, hey, this is what I'm seeing. What should I do about this? How can I understand this? And since these are live, real-life questions as they happen, we thought it might be helpful to you. Well, I think it would be fun, and you know that... The big part about parenting tweens is just remember somebody's got to be the adult around here. It's so easy to get on the crazy train with them and just let everything go to pot. And you just can't do that. You got to stay calm. You got to, you've got to be the adult. You've Mm got to not freak out. Right. And so hope you enjoyed the session that we recorded with our Facebook live crew Mm -hmm. at raisingrealmen.com slash, I'm sorry, facebook.com slash raisingrealmen if you're not. If you're not on our page already, you might want to go out there and join up. Okay. Well, let's roll straight on into those. All right. Bye, y'all. You know, one question that we got earlier yes. is um, how do you handle just their complete addle-headedness when it comes to school? You know, somebody mm-hmm. said, how many times do you remind them before you discipline them? And, mm. you know, that's really hard. I, a friend of mine said... She reminded her daughter every single day to brush her hair and brush her teeth before she came downstairs. And every single day she forgot. And she said, when do I start disciplining her? Mm. The hard thing about it is the part of their brain that governs executive functions, mm-hmm. that's things like 
priority setting and problem solving and mm-hmm. you know organizing and one of the management functions. Yeah, the management functions yeah. literally unravels during this stage. That is part of the transition from a childish brain to a grown-up brain. There's a rewiring function that's going on there. And when those when those uh, synapses and dendrons break apart and they're starting to realign the the functions slide. I mean, there's, really, a, there's a period where they really can't focus. They don't remember. They they do struggle, and that's a real thing. It's not it's not an act of willful rebellion. It's an actual physical handicap they've got. Well, that yeah. actually leads into a question that one of our readers had: mm-hmm. When do the brains come back? Oh when, well, somebody does it end. Somebody yeah. asked, "Well, when do their brains come back?" And the answer to that is, yeah, probably about two years after they take vacation. Yeah, and so you know? it's really hard because we think <laughs> surely they must be doing this intentionally because it's so bad. Son, go get me the car <clears throat> keys. You say. Well, and I mean, you find him wandering around the house. Forty-five minutes later, has no clue what you sent him to do. Well, you see this this. Lack of brain function happens at the same time that they become um, unpleasant and emotional, and so you think it's all the same thing. Well, it yeah. has the same cause, but it's not. It's not a matter of the heart; it's a matter of the chemistry. It really it's, is. It's stuff that's going on in their bodies that that has an outward effect, and it's it's hard. It's hard for us to manage. But it's hard for them to live through too. So the answer is lots and lots of grace. Lots of grace and lots of mercy and lots of finding a way to remind them that doesn't drive you crazy. Well, they're going to need supervision. They're going to need a lot more. And you may be thinking, well, I was homeschooling when they were six years old and I had to do everything, you know, hands on. But then when they were seven or eight, they were starting to, to work independently and everything was getting easier. And now... At 11, he can't focus for 10 minutes. And yeah. you're going to have to get hands on again. That's just the way it's going to be. And sometimes that means you have to work with them or next to them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just have to really get their attention. Child, look at me. Yes. Okay. Eye right. contact. Okay. <laughs> Go get my car keys. Now, what did I ask mm-hmm. you to do? Do you know where those? Tell me where those are. Okay, Do you know where, where they are? are? They? Yes. Yeah, and it's, you feel crazy doing it, mm-hmm. but they really can't focus long enough to get the twenty-five feet from my chair to the kitchen where my car keys are on the microwave. Well, it's of a piece with when you've got a large family. You can't say, um, "Will Will somebody bring me a glass of water?" Well, somebody doesn't. Good luck live with here. that. All five, all five <laughs> of your kids don't answer to somebody. You have to, you have to look at them and say. You, Stephen, get me a cup of water, please. Thank you, Stephen. Yes. Okay. And get their get their attention. I mean, you got to make contact. So, just recognize that that's a reality in this time frame, and it's a temporary thing. Okay, I think Caleb's got another question well, for us. And somebody was talking about you know we asked what's the biggest challenge, and somebody said you know the strong emotions without a lick of sense. So why don't you talk about that for a couple? Okay. Minutes? So somebody said one of the biggest challenges for her for this time period is the strong emotions without a lick of sense. It's hard because Mm -hmm. they lose it over silly things that make no sense to you. They've got no perspective. And that's, frankly, lack of perspective is something that you'll be dealing with even after their brains kind of come back together. That that's kind of a, kind of an early teenage issue as well because they don't have a lot of real world experience. And so you're going to have to kind of take that in stride to say, all right, part of my job now as a parent of this age is going to be 
giving them perspective, explaining, no, this is the way the world really is. No, that, that's just a feeling, but that's not the fact. They're not the same thing. Yeah, and so patience, um, mm. get, talking them through it, you know, helping them to think through it themselves. Okay, tell me what's going on. What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about? Why okay. do you think you're feeling this? And then walking them through it, okay? Do you think your brother intentionally meant to hurt you like that? And that's not denying that he hurt you. That's not denying that he stepped on your foot or that he broke whatever. Or that's not. We're not denying the facts. We're just saying, do you think that he that he purposefully set out to say, I am going to go break my brother's toe. That's my goal today is to break my brother's toe, and the day is complete when I finish that task. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to walk them through it, and you've got to help them see it because they really just don't have the perspective themselves. What, one of the most frustrating times to me mm. is when they make these ridiculous statements mm. about the way the world is. You know, he'll, they'll, they'll say something like about, oh, mm. the president did this because of this, and it makes no sense. Or, I know the way this, why this happens because of this, and what they say makes no sense. And, mm. But if you argue with them, they get furious. Unfortunately, there's an awful lot of grown-ups that are behaving that way right now. And if you if you read a lot of if you read a lot of commentary online, you know you recognize there's an awful lot of emotion and not much um, not much logic out much in the clarity. community. And that's that's a challenge for us to say, hey, I want my son, I want my daughter to actually think things through, not just to emote. And so. Um, that's that's a challenge, I think, for us training our kids up because the culture is not going to help them with that at all right now. Yeah, so you've just got to walk them through it, give them perspective, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to invest in the relationship in order for them to hear your perspective. Mm-hmm. You've got to listen to them, mm-hmm. and that's, that's hard. You know, here's another challenge. Um, Jesus said that when the disciple is fully trained, he will be like his master. He will become like his teacher. And you know what? The challenge to us as those who are discipling our children is that we need to be the kind of people we want our children to grow up to be. We need to be that kind of example to them. Yes. And that's a challenge for us because, you know, sometimes we don't really live as live the way that we feel like we ought to, like maybe even that we want to. Well, that should be the challenge. Hey, you know, our kids are going to grow up and they're going to tend to follow in our footsteps, whether we taught them that or whether we just lived in front of them. Okay. Mm. Here's a good question. Yes. Um, Caleb, you're gonna have to help me see the rest of it. Okay. We've had one in our son of our sons in public school for the past two years yep. for a long illness for an external motivator. This reader says after a long illness for after a long illness for an okay. external motivator. But, but now, now I want to bring him home, but he's he's doing well. But now I want to bring him home, but he's mm-hmm. doing well. Mm-hmm. I think he would really resent coming home. I think he would really resent coming home. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the first step would be to explain to him why you want to bring him home mm-hmm. and talk him talk to him about it because if you can win him to agree with you, this is going to be a much less rocky transition. Okay, so so this is a family that was homeschooling they this child. They were homeschooling and, and they, they had a long illness. And so they put it, put the child into an institutional school for a couple of years. They want to bring him home and homeschool him again. And but they, but it. he's doing mm-hmm. well, so they're afraid he's going to resent it. Well, okay, there's a couple of things that you can go in, a couple of directions you can go with that. One of them is to, to make sure they understand this is not a punishment. This is not, 
dastardly parents trying to ruin your fun or destroy your friendships. But there are, you know, point out that there are opportunities, there are things that can happen in the homeschooling environment that just can't be accommodated in an institutional program. That's a great idea. And so, you know, to say, hey, we want you to come home so that we can be more flexible, so that you don't have to be locked into a schoolroom for seven hours a day, five days a week on somebody else's schedule, so that we can go places in the middle of the week, so that yeah. you can you can have the time to explore your special interests. Or start a business. Or, or yeah, whatever. Find, find what he's passionate about and explain to him how he would have more time to follow that at home. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're the parent. You've got to make the decisions, and you've got to decide what's best even if they disagree with you but if you can win his heart to it it's going to be a lot less rocky a ride and you know it's also also true that if he has siblings that are still being homeschooled at home that you can go ahead and you can live that flexible life with the rest of the family and just have to say well you know son yeah i mean you're going to have to you're going to have to stay in school because i can't take you out of school for this but we're going to be doing these field trips. We're going to be doing special projects or unit studies or whatever with your siblings. And uh, we'll tell you about it when you get home. You know, I do think that you'll be glad you brought him home because mm-hmm. the high school years at home with our kids have given us so many great opportunities to, to build a relationship with them and talk with them. Yeah. Now, a reader asked here, yeah. how would you recommend transitioning a special needs team yeah. who may or may not be leaving home in the near future? Um, other than slowly. Yeah. The We had a team that I really, at 14, I'm thinking, I didn't know if he could manage in the real world. Mm-hmm. At 18, he was, pro- we he did graduate a year, uh, from high school a year late, mm-hmm. but he was applying to colleges at 18. At 19, he was entering college with a scholarship. And so you right. kind of have to be, you have to be prepared for whatever happens. Kids grow, particularly boys, mm-hmm. grow super fast intellectually during the high school years. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got to be prepared. Things... May leave, may not leave. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. I think that beginning to transition as their teens to treating them like you would another adult in the home. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, if I have my brother mm-hmm. or my mom... My mom mm-hmm. has been with us the past few days here. Mm-hmm. If there's another adult in the home, I treat them differently than I do an eight-year-old or a six-year-old. Right, right. You know, the way I talk to them, the way I ask them to do things, I still ask them to do things yeah, around but, the house. Yeah, but there's a difference between asking them to do things and saying, you, child, go, run, fetch, yeah. you know. You, you you treat them differently as as adults you know as mature people so, uh, so but you, i think i think you're you're hitting a really good point there that that young people change a lot during the teen years and it's not just special needs kids i mean i've i've seen kids like completely change the direction they want to go the last year or two of high school and that's not at all unusual so you know the kind of the approach we wanted to take with our kids is to challenge them to go as far as they can in, in whatever direction and not, not look at any of them and say, well, you're just not cut out for this and, you know, yeah. and, and then soft pedal their opportunities and their education. You just can't predict. Yeah. You cannot predict what they're going to be able to do. And so you kind of have to prepare for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think that the, 
that beginning to, to transition that relationship to a more adult way of talking to them mm-hmm. and interacting with them will mm-hmm. pay off, whether yeah. they leave home or not. Yeah. Because even if they're living in your home and they're 25 or 30, mm-hmm. you still can't talk to them like they're five, even if they may be emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. Because they're gonna they're gonna resent it, so you have to transition how you talk to them. It's mm-hmm. challenging. Yeah, it's really challenging, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. Well, I've yeah. got uh, somebody here talking about you know anxiety and mm-hmm. I, oh, and, uh, you know how that affects you know their kids' social anxiety especially. Great question. Oh, goodness, yes. Is a social anxiety normal? In the tweens and early teens. Yes, yes. And it is sometimes unexpected and weird. Oh, yeah. Like, one of our children who was like, this guy never met anyone that was not a friend. Mm-hmm. Just super, super personable. Mm-hmm. Interact very easily with people. Mm-hmm. And he hit, the, he hit the stage, and he wanted to be a hermit. He didn't want to leave the house. He threw an absolute temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. It, just going to do things we normally do. Things that he'd always done and had always enjoyed and had his friends surrounding him and everything. It was just like they the, something happens and they become very shy. And and you, see, you know, some people say, well, they feel awkward because they're about it. You know, I don't think it's even that. I think it's a mental thing. I think it's an emotional thing. Well, they just suddenly feel shy. I think that their newfound ability to analyze and to look at the world differently makes them overthink everything. Hmm. Yeah, they just, they overthink everything. They panic about everything. And Hmm. yeah, it's challenging. So how do you deal with it? Well, to an extent, you have to make them participate. Because you can't just stop life. They can't stop going to church. And so, Mm -hmm. but what you can do is make it easier for them. And so you want to talk over with them before you go, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, don't surprise them. I mean, it's one of these things where you need to kind of prepare them and say, okay, here's what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we have this, we're going to 4-H tomorrow, or remember you've got band practice tomorrow, or whatever. You know, just kind of be sure that they know and they, you know, can wrestle with it a little bit beforehand. Don't just say, get your shoes on. What for? Oh, don't you know you're supposed to go to, you know. Although sometimes that's the only way to go. Well, I mean, large yeah. families, I mean, sometimes that's, that yeah. happens. And it's... But to, and also talk over any pinch points. You know, this is what's going to happen. What if this person says mm-hmm. this or this? How would you react? Yeah. Role-playing helps. Yep. Help them walk through situations that they're uncertain about. And, you know, and, and ask them. I mean, because, all right, it's real common for kids this age to get socially shy and awkward and all this. It's also possible that something's gone wrong. I mean, just because it's normal for them to get shy doesn't mean that they aren't reacting to things that really bad. Bullying is super common at this age. Mm-hmm. And so you need to ask them, why don't you want to go? Yeah, Did really? something happen last time? Yeah, go ahead and ask them and take them seriously. And maybe you'll find out something that you can work with. Maybe, maybe as they talk through it, they'll realize it's all in their head and there's nothing going on. Yeah, it's hard. Um, oh, here's a question. Let me see. Let's see. What's this okay. question? It's a bunch of them. Our 13-year-old son, yes. always homeschooled, hates school and doesn't do well. He's the uh, seventh of eighth kids, and we've always homeschooled. He would clean all day if he didn't have to do school. He just struggles. Okay. Caleb, can you read the rest of that to me? And he just struggles, especially in the area of reading. 
We are only schooling the last two now, and I've changed school up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He struggles, especially in the area of reading. He's one of the last two at home, and I've changed up school quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Let me highly recommend to you something that has helped several of our struggling readers. It's called the Brain Integration Therapy Manual. And if he's not, for kids that aren't reading at all, I recommend the entire computing package. But mm-hmm. you can go out to our site. We're one of the few people that carry this other than the author, Diane Craft. Mm-hmm. Go out to our site. Hit the shop at the top, RaisingRealMen.com, hit the shop, mm-hmm. scroll down to Struggling Learners, and you'll see it. The Brain Integration Therapy Manual, if you do it every day for a school year, it will make mm-hmm. learning so much easier. What it, what it does is it, it helps train the brain to transfer from the left to right lobes, and that's really important in the, in the process of reading, okay, because of the way that symbology is stored the way that the sounds the phonemes and such are stored in your brain you have to transfer back and forth across the left and right sides of the brain and And a lot of a lot of kids who are struggling with reading have trouble integrating those transitions and so that's what that therapy is meant to train now this is a great age to do it because their brain is remodeling anyway during this age so this is a great age to do this brain integration therapy and it made a night and day difference to our struggling reader. Mm-hmm. I mean, night and day. And so, mm-hmm. and the, all the pictures in there are of teens. So it doesn't, you know, you can show them it's not a baby yeah. thing. Yeah. But it really helped. Um, and get him audiobooks. Get him stuff on audio. Mm-hmm. Read aloud if you need to. Get one of his siblings to read aloud. Mm-hmm. And let him start a business. Let him find his passion. Mm-hmm. Um, encourage him to start a business in whatever he's interested in because those kind of external motivators where, like, I want to learn how to read because I want to read my customer's email can really help these guys to get serious about school when he realizes I've got to know how to do math so that I can do my finances for my business. Great question. Okay, new one here. Okay. Uh, Our 11-year-old is very social and outgoing, but is starting to kind of act like an old man. Stay inside, read books, slouch himself, standing tall. He still enjoys people, but he's more concerned with being embarrassed or rejected. Do we push him to keep being outgoing or let him keep spending more time on his own? Okay, question mm-hmm. about an 11-year-old who is used to be outgoing but is now <laughs> acting like an old man and wants to sit inside and read. And he's concerned about being shy. This is so normal. It, reading reading can be a good thing. Yeah, um, it, it's a balance. It's a balance. I mean, you so, want to encourage him. You know, if he's not all all bubbly and exuberant like he used to be, that's okay. That's maybe pretty that's normal just, for this that's age. Just, uh, maybe that's just a process of growing. But to encourage him still, you know, hey, don't let's not be a recluse here. Let's go out and we're going to have fellowship after church. You're gonna we're still going to do activities and all. If you don't want to spend extra time doing that, we'll see what we can do. But we still need to stay active. Because a lot of times they do have fun when they actually get out. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to get them to, to take that step. And so you, know, you explain why you're going to do, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to go to church because the Lord commands us to go to church. Right. Well, the Lord doesn't command us to go to homeschool group or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever activity. But you know, son, we're going to do this because this is important for your life because it's going to teach you these skills, and you need that for your life. Guys really look toward the future. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be much more likely to comply if you say, you're going to learn leadership skills that you're going to need 
to be a man one day than if you say, you're making mommy miserable. Please don't, please don't act like this. <laughs> you know, one thing that you did to kind of help yourself with that, because you've got a shy streak. I am so shy. Is, I know, hand how the phone when it rings. <laughs> it's really okay. bad. Well, one of the things Melanie did to, to kind of break herself of this was whenever she went to a new situation that she was feeling shy about, she tried to find somebody who looked more shy than she was and, and then go befriend them. I would try to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I found out when I got my eyes off myself and then turned them to ministry instead that my mm-hmm. shyness disappeared. So maybe and that's why can, none of you probably believe that I'm shy. And so maybe you can you can give your son a challenge. You're like, okay, we're going to go to the homeschool, to the homeschool meeting. I want you to see if there's anybody new there. And then you go talk to them and tell me everything you can find out. Yeah. You know, go on a mission to, to find out everything you can about this person and see if you can make them feel welcome. Someone said, I wish I had this information when our kids were younger. Yeah, I hear you. There oh, wasn't, gosh, yeah. that's why we wrote the book, because nobody warned us about all the things we'd need to know about homeschooling tweens Mm-mm. and early teens. Nobody warned us. And we thought we'd lost it. I yeah. mean, everything was going so well, and then everything fell apart. I mean, on every front. And we thought, Oh, we have lost it. We have totally blown it. Nine Emotion- years old and it's gone. Emotional meltdowns, um, struggling in school, spiritual doubts mm-hmm. are very common during this stage. And when you know that that's normal and you have some tools for dealing with it, then you can protect the parent-child relationship. And you can shepherd your children through it. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about the release of our new book, No Longer Little, mm-hmm. Parenting Tweens with Grace and Hope. And I hope that you will go out and grab a copy. You can do that on our site at RaisingRealMen.com. You can go to the book site at NoLongerLittle.com, or you can get it on Amazon or anywhere else. If you want us to come to your nearby conference in the next year, send an email to the organizers, because this is the time of year when they make choices, when they issue invitations. And our schedule's filling up, but we've still got weekends, and we'd love to travel. We'd love to come all over the country and we literally do go all over the country so if you want us to come to your local convention figure out figure out who they are and just give them a call drop them an email say hey Hal and Melanie Young would be really good next year you can send them to our speaking site at halandmelanie.com and they can find all about all about our speaking there we're going to be speaking some places I know we're going to be speaking next year, Waco, Texas, Orlando, Florida. Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. All over the place. Mm-hmm. And so they're making those decisions now. If you want us to speak, talk to to, to your conference organizers or your mm-hmm. churches and family camps. We'd love to, to see you in your area. Okay. Well, look. It looks like we're about done with our time here. Yes. And we really appreciate your participation tonight. It's been great talking with you. Uh, I hope we've been some encouragement and uh, help to all of you. And we do look forward to meeting you in person sometime or seeing you around online. So uh, until the next time we have an opportunity, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Okay. Y'all have a good evening. Take care, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. 
Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.